reading net. You are an underwater explorer. You are leaving to explore the deepest oceans. You must find the lost city of Atlantis. This is your most challenging assignment. Ride, 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 ride. Hello, check one, test two, three, four, five, six. Welcome to the journey under the sea. Sea, 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 sea. Welcome to the journey under the sea. Check one, test two. Welcome, everybody. This is reading roulette. (laughs) Don't even edit this. I forgot this. (laughs) Hosted by Brian Ward. And I'm Bill Lyon. And this week... Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reading Roulette, the world's world's only only choose-your-own-adventure literary podcast. Do you want to take a break real fast? Yeah. Choose-your-own-adventure number two, Journey Under the Sea by R.A. Montgomery, part two of two. You've been vindicated like the whole world loves the shags now. I mean, you you were a pioneer. That was that was all excellent. Yeah, that. All right, so who are you? I am Bill Lyon. Where did you come from? I have a PhD in motherfucking Atlantis. We're in Atlantis now. How did you get on board? Good morning. Good. <laughs> you come to rest on a ledge near the canyon in the ocean floor that supposedly leads to the lost city of Atlantis. So basically, he just descends. Has no plan. He's got his bubble dome in his hat, and he's just gonna kind of wing it. But you can't. It's not right. What difference does it make? Speaking of hallmarks here, I want to give you a uh, a great empty sentence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Page twenty-eight. You are just about to give up when the door swings open, revealing behind it a cavern with another door. <laughs> <laughs> Right into the eyes and out the back of my head. Uh, A door with another door behind it. (laughs) Go right or go left. A stone in the ocean. You know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention as the Reading Roulette podcast, this great option while you're dicking around in the ocean. Yeah, you know? Yep. Ride the whale. Yes! Yes, you do. Yes. And you're rewarded for it. Absolutely. There's a great illustration of it, too. An amazing illustration. And it's not like, listen, when you're riding the woolly mammoth, you're kind of like, your legs, you're riding like a horse, right? You're like, they're like saddled up on the woolly mammoth. I would assume so. But with this whale, you're just hanging on for dear life. You're grabbing the fin? fin, On the fin, yeah. And you're flying off it. You're you're gonna, man, it looks super dangerous. Like riding the woolly mammoth kind of looks like, wee. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) party time of child. All right, so Ride the whale. we're in Atlantis now. At some point, your little seeker. But this is like kind of dangerous. People ride dolphins. And you have met scuba divers who reported they held on to the flukes of whales for short rides. It sounds crazy, but this may be your only way to escape. You leave the seeker, swim to the whale, and grab its fluke. With a smooth, powerful movement, the giant mammal begins to swim to the surface. You have trouble holding on. Then the whale breaks the surface and lies there, filling its lungs with air. 
you quietly swim away. And I also love in the illustration, there's one little fish on the side too, yeah. just to show your scale. Great drawing. Save your strength, man. <laughs> That's probably maybe one, the most fun part of, of just swimming around here. It's the only part that isn't totally negative. Yeah. You know, for the book starting off in another world, Everything is trying to attack you, not very interestingly. The shark is bored too when he comes at you. <laughs> Going There's not a lot of wonder. wonder. There's not a lot of choices that don't involve fleeing from something. What good will it do now? It gets tiring. Our listeners can't see this, but you have this nice little uh, aquarium going. Yeah, outside the uh, porthole. And here's how I describe some of these fish. Yellow. One of them was freaking yellow. Hey, here's another one. It looks kind of blue. Colors. You don't even get any, nothing interesting about the sea. No, it's just this nothing. dead place nothing. where you just go for your soul goes to die and you go to science as a verb. Yeah. You're just, I'm just going there to I'm science. To science. <laughs> yeah. There really isn't even any reason. You never get the sense that he wants to investigate for any reason other than to check it off his box. This is going to look good on my resume. Finding Atlantis. Yeah. I can go on a talk show. And then you feel empty when you go on the talk show. Well, he usually goes on the talk shows after he fails to find it, right? Yeah, unless he needs more money to go back. <laughs> Another great thing. I've set the automatic pilot. Yeah. All's clear. Good. <gasps> the obsession with the bends. Oh, that's what we need to talk about with this beginning part. For our listeners, we're not talking about Radiohead here. No. Not talking about the one good Radiohead record. How can we be certain of that? The only, the only Radiohead record that's good. <laughs> What I mean is they were last heard from within a vicinity of, well, 50-mile radius sphere, all of them. And we're in Atlantis now. I've never heard of the place. You learn a lot about what your ship is equipped with. There's a lot of gadgets. But... Yeah, laser beams, kind of like thing that comes out and like cuts things with a little buzzsaw. You picture just any of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. An Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I think my favorite, you have a tool that only measures bubbles. Yeah, that's the funny one, yeah. Welcome, everybody. My name is Brian Ward. I'll be your captain this week on our... Uh... <laughs> and then your choices are... No, I refuse. I'm no fool. I won't take it. The depth of any hole. That's where, as a kid, I just throw this book down and I go do something else like that's fun. I like go kick a can outside. You didn't think analyzing bubbles was fun? Oh, man. God, does that sound... Like two super boring choices. They've already been set adrift. Oh! oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about a laser light that you can only shoot twice? Talk about regret. You find out he has a laser cannon that he can shoot the shit out of anything with. Yeah, dude, he's kind of holding back with that laser cannon. I feel like there's some lying going on with how much laser you can yeah. do. Yeah. That laser would come in helpful with, like, say, my shark. The shark, you the squid. What? Shoot the laser into the vortex, see what happens. I would just be constantly shooting the laser. <laughs> as soon as I saw the first bubble, I would just be letting the laser It would be fly. like fucking Galaga, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. I'm going left to right, shooting the fish, shooting everything with my freaking laser thing. I, I don't get why you're... If you Listen, if you have a submarine that has an unlimited laser cannon, you press the button. Just start shooting, right? At least once. I give you one more opportunity. Just to try it out. Just to try it out. It's dark down there. It is, but he doesn't have good luck with that laser cannon. No, it's always a bad decision in this always book to bad. use the laser. All right, so this is one of the ways you get to Atlantis. You discover Atlantis is with this laser cannon. Brian, you know what I'm talking about here? I do. Oh. 
you end up in a grotto. Yes! Even when I was a kid, I just thought of the Playboy Mansion. Right. This word grotto, I think it was used then, and then it was used in like some translation of Boccaccio's uh, Decameron. Right? (laughs) And that's about it. That's it. it. They might all be referring to the same exact thing. You know my name. I know everything. It gets destroyed with a laser. What gets destroyed? The grotto? You destroy a grotto? How is that even possible? (laughs) I don't know. Obsessed with the bends. You shoot the crap out of some grotto with a laser cannon and create this flood that comes in from somewhere. This happens like seven times. Yeah, I never could understand what was happening when all this chaos It's like written really poorly. I just thought that the writing, this description is so vague. All right, so this is page 26. The illustration looks amazing. You think this illustration would explain to you what's going on, but basically Paul Granger decided to just draw underwater Chaos. Chaos. And your cute sub. All right. The only way to get beyond the door is to blast it away. Yeah. Or so you believe. The Seeker's laser cannon is powerful, and you position the Seeker to fire. Pushing the fire button, you send a powerful beam at the hatch. Nothing happens. Then you advance the cannon control to full emergency force. Again, you push the button, and the beam dissolves the hatch instantly. A flood of seawater rushes into the giant hole, carrying you with it into an air-filled cavern beyond. The water fills the cavern with speed and explosive force. You see several people scurrying towards escape hatches. In all caps here, written, It is too late. You did the wrong thing. The end. What just happened there? I had no idea. What do these words mean? In the picture, you're calmly shooting something. There's people scurrying. You haven't met anyone yet. You have no idea who these people are. It's just madness. What have you done to her? I have no idea what just happened there. Yeah. You're, you're writing for children, and you can't make anything up. Like... If the bullshit you envisioned is hard to describe, because that's what's going on here, right? He has something in his mind that is a thing. I believe that. Because this dude, he's not doing drugs. This isn't like some kind of cool drug-induced fantasy. This is just a guy who's not good at writing. There are some endings that make that a little questionable. Yeah, yeah, all right, you're right. But this is some poor writing. I'm saying if, if if the bullshit you envisioned is hard to describe, then just make up some alternate bullshit that's clear. Here's an example I wrote. Your laser beam burns a hole through that bullshit vague metal, and there stands a unicorn. Perfect, right? All right, here's my uh, second example. And there stands the crew of a Russian submarine. They point their machine guns at you. How about that? There you go. How about something? How about some nouns that have images associated with them instead of, like, a vague technical noun? Violently insane. Did you kill a bunch of people? Like, what is you? You did the wrong thing because you died? Because you killed people? Because what? I assumed that you killed everyone except you. You're actually safe. You're the only one that's fine. Yeah, you look fine. You're in the picture. Your chin's dry. Your hat's dry. Your turtleneck's good. I mean, you're in a submarine underwater. What can happen to you? One question at a time, if you please. So that's pretty much the bridge between the pseudo banality of the underwater portion and Atlantis. The actual madness of yeah. I sent them to the bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah, which is a lot, man. You you find a lot of really weird shit in Atlantis. So I was I was not looking forward to my time in Atlantis when the first time I I encountered the Atlanteans something I was I was expecting from Ari Montgomery. There's good people here and bad people. Yeah. Oh, crap. oh god, these names of these people too. Like the new doors. I just oh man, I just hate that fake science fiction word. Like the Agir though. 
A-G-Y-R, their planet. What are, what are the... The new doors, is it new doors or no doors? New Dorans? Yeah. No door, like N-O-D-O-O-R-S. Very well then. But anyways, there's like basically Atlanteans, good Atlanteans, and then no doors who are are bad bad Atlanteans. Yeah, but you're right. Your first voyage into Atlantis, there's just like bizarre war going on between them that doesn't yeah. But it's more of like a passive war where they don't want to admit that the others are there or they want to ignore the other people. They want you to spy on them. Yeah, I guess so. They suggest that as a spy, you could pass freely between both groups. For three days, you were questioned and kept in a small room without windows. These people are not kind, and you believe that you have made a mistake. They ask you to help them spy on the Atlanteans. Yeah. That's not a fun choice. I mean, you know, this is one of those classic show, don't tell. Uh, Reality that you find, that's the worst, easily. A lot of them are very cool. Yeah, they get trippy, they get trippy. Yeah, there's some trippy ones where it takes the normal scenario and kind of spins it into something cool. Light, like the light above. You show up and they say, Oh, there's a bad king here. Ah, crap. Yeah. I don't want to fuck with this. You know, we just found Atlantis. Yeah. Make it cool. Beautiful. Interesting. This is no spot beneath the sea. There's some shitty king here that they want you to save. Boom. I just got here. Oh, I know it. But then the best thing happens. Light. Like the light above. You try to overthrow the king and hilarity ensues. Oh, it's glorious. Oh, I know it. All of a sudden you decide to stage a play. Underwater Hamlet. Yes, exactly. That's what we have here. You have, you're traveling around in this submarine, dicking around with these manta rays and shit, and then all of a sudden you're staging Underwater Hamlet (laughs) within a book. It's It's a play within a play. I'm surely you're jesting. Yeah. I didn't want to do this, and now I'm kidnapping your king? Ah, love the Underwater play. I hadn't been to the zoo yet, so this was my first... Okay. Okay. Into the culture, into the sights and the sounds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A theater director. The night of the play, the theater is filled, and everyone waits for the king to appear. But there is delay. The crowd grows nervous. Then a messenger from the king runs into the theater and announces that the king has had a serious attack of brain fever. He may not live. (laughs) If only Abe Lincoln had thought up this excuse. I'm sorry. I've got some brain fever. Not gonna be able to make the play. I gave both of you an ancient formula. The history of the United States of America would have been better. And I still say something went wrong. Just listen, next time somebody asks you if you want to go see Blue Man Group or Shen Yun, tell them you got some brain fever. You won't be able to make the play. I would never trust anyone to use that as an excuse. Ah, ah, Really? Really? (laughs) If I'm if I'm about to attempt a coup <laughs> and I hear that they're coming down with brain fever, I pretty much know that I'm found out. I, I take the cyanide I capsule yes. right away. Yes. The capsule in my tooth, bam, right away. I'm not even waiting. No. I got a spoiler a for you with this brain fever stuff. 
This brain fever is going to come back in Choose Your Own Adventure books? No way. Do come. It's going to be a recurring trope. Are you serious? I'm serious. Are you predicting or you know this? No, I know this. Oh my god. I think, well, our guess here is that this wasn't R.A. Montgomery. Quite the contrary. This might have been Edward Packer Ghost Ray, <laughs> but somebody in the next book, uh, I think his, what's his name, Abrams? He's, he's just a one and done. D. Terran. Yeah, I think Terrence, maybe Terrence. Okay, anyways, Darum, yeah, Terum. He, um, I think he got high with Edward Packard or this guy, and they kind of envisioned some thought travel. Oh, and brain fever you. stuff. And I think the brain fever might have been a bad trip they were on. <laughs> At first, I was thinking the bends were that. No, that's like the, that's the a real precursor. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this brain fever, this is coming back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. But because <laughs> when I read that, didn't you just laugh out loud like brain fever? Why would you even say that? What does that even mean? Uh, of this movie. Ah. Uh, because that's because that's what they they gave him in that movie to. to oh yeah. He's just like I don't feel good. I don't feel good to get him to sacrifice himself. Uh, you have brain fog, one which induces your spirit to leave your body. What does that mean? Your is your brain hot? What does it even mean? I'll tell you what. We never uh, we never studied brain fever in acupuncture school. It just never came up. Well, this was not an authentic case of brain fever, as we find out. Oh right, it's because a, it's all, find brain fever. Go, go, feigned, feigned. Am <laughs> yeah, I saying that right? Feigned, find. Because all all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Your options are if you allow them to capture you because they know the, the coup, right? They, they know what's up. If you allow them to capture you, turn to page 116. If you try to escape, turn to 117. Both those options sound like you're fucked. And you are, I think. Wait, wait. I'm so wrong. You get to succeed. Is this where you become the civic leader? I mean, listen. Unconscious from the bottom of the... God bless. So you're basically like uh, Boris Yeltsin here, <laughs> on top of the car. You're a, a tank or whatever. Also, the guards in Atlantis basically look like fat East German communist guards. I don't know, like some of these Atlantis costumes, like you talked about, they're wearing like feathers, Maybe they're wearing like seahorses. Maybe they look like they're from outer space. These dudes just look like- it's Like from some costume shop. Yeah, this is from like World War II. Yeah. Military like fascist uh, dudes. It's, it's, it's doesn't make any sense. You are 50,000 leagues beneath the sea. Either the illustrator was really having fun or he was having no fun. Don't you think as an illustrator, someone says, Imagine the world of Atlantis for me. Yeah. Just have fun with it. You know, the ultimate like director kind of like bullshit. Yeah, just have fun playground. with it. It's your play. Just have, what should I draw? What do you want to look at? Just have fun with it. And I think I'm gonna draw some fuddy-duddy East German yeah, guards. Probably what he did is he had fun with it and they all said, this is a little too psychedelic. This is a little, this isn't what I imagined. And then he came back with all these like, could you make it look a little more like this? And just ruin his book and that's, that's why. Could you make it look a little more like this and just ruin yeah, his book and that's, yeah. that's why. Yeah, I think your guy is just pouting in jail. Your turtleneck is not even showing proudly. That was my favorite of the two endings. When the when the play goes badly, you get thrown into the dungeon. Right. And the illustration is you just. Oh. 
<laughs> you I... allow yourself to be captured. Why is that a choice? I don't understand all this. Yeah, allow it's yourself to be captured. Waste of a choice. Waste of a choice. Let's just think, let's just brainstorm a better option there. Okay, either try to escape or... Why is he even trying to escape? Obviously, you're going to try to escape. Obviously, you would. I mean, how about, like, run away or stay and fight? Do you grab, I don't know, your water cannon and fight them? It's so vague. Try to escape. Why not if you hop into your submarine? Or how about this? There's some seahorses. Giant seahorses land there that you're going to jump on, Wild West style, make it real romantic. You jump into the water, onto the seahorse. Swing on some kelp down, down kelp across down, the Kelp down, absolutely. It's beautiful, right? Kind yeah. of like underwater sword. How about a shark? Take the king for ransom. A shark. How about a swordfish? You're fighting with a swordfish sword. What are you going to do with the boat? I've already told you. I need it. I have use for it. The bottom of the sea. Ah, uh, that's perfectly ridiculous. When you surrender, you get thrown in jail at the end. Not to mention, all of this is done through an interpreter. Oh, yeah. You're directing a play of a culture you have no idea. Do they mention the interpreter? The interpreter is never, never just implied. I want to know the interpreter's story. Oh. I want to know more about the interpreter. Right, how do you... Because he's working his ass off. He's the unsung hero. No sign of underwater creature. No, indeed. How do you... How do you speak Atlantean? How do you speak like a 40,000-year-old dead language? And fucking... 1960s British swinging London English. <laughs> That's amazing. Not to just an ordinary place. What do you mean? It's said that they have extensive computers and, and whatnot, but, it's, you know, beyond I think the they gave this dude, like, the Rosetta Stone yeah. and, like, a copy yeah. of Austin Powers and just said, This is the ancient continent of Atlantis. Go, go to town. And, and go to and, town. Uh, go to and, town. And, and another one of the stories. The, uh, do you remember the illustration of the king? Oh, yeah. The yeah. yeah. He's, like, cross-eyed kind of looks like the Shroud of Turin if you were, like, making fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a seahorse crown of thorns. Cross-eyed with a snaggle tooth. Really ratty hair. And which makes it even more peculiar because he's supposed to be the good king. Am I? Yeah. It's, it's a twist that you think the king is a tyrant. Actually thinks his people suck. Suck. Says his people are complainers. Suck. So when you're talking to this insane king, yeah, all of a sudden the story turns to an impending crack in the fortress wall. Yeah, the water's pouring into Atlantis to drown. Did Atlantis. that make any sense to you? That particular ending? You have this underwater dome environment with air and whatnot. Because in this version of Atlantis, they don't have gills. You're in a yeah, volcano. Yeah. An underwater volcano. Like, they built a city somehow or a, a civilization inside of a volcano. Probably not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is one of these crazy endings. Random chaos. The illustration makes no sense. You find out a long time ago, the society figured out a way to deal with this problem, but everybody forgot it. Except one very old man, which involves pumping the water for 72 hours. This is specifically list, like mentioned 72 hours. There's a lot of weird so numbers listed in the lot. Where you're frozen. Do you remember that? There's a lot of surgeries. <laughs> An ancient continent. If you elect not to get the surgery, they shoot you and you're, you're frozen for like 20. Yeah, 23 years and 61 days. 
The Atlanteans gather around you, sadly, and tell you that you will have to remain this way for the Earth equivalent of 23 years and 61 days until the effect wears off. So you will you will stay there in mid sprint for uh, for twenty three. What place is this? Horrifying. Yeah, it's a twilight zone. As we talked about, a twilight yes. zone kind of ending, right? You're trapped in this horror filled like obviously you have consciousness. It sounds like yeah, so you're just yeah. trapped there in your own consciousness, looking like uh, the million dollar man, mm-hmm. freeze framed for freaking twenty three years and sixty one days. It's, yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, so tell me, you had some thoughts on this twilight zone kind of ending? What do you mean? So my insight into the. These dudes writing these books have to be right. This has to be right in their wheelhouse with their wheelhouse of like their age where they grew up with the Twilight Zone. This had to be way more than any writer. Like, I mean, let's face it, reading this, this dude just watched a lot of TV. This guy isn't reading books. You know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, he did like the childhood thing where he read some read Huckleberry Finn or whatever. But I mean, this is not somebody who spent their life in literature. Yeah. What's that? The Twilight Zone, big time. And you know these guys are sitting around discussing their favorite Twilight Zones. And so with all these endings, so many of them end, as you were describing last week, with this kind of like stinger, this kind of like strange sense of regret, but also fear, but also like accomplishment, but terror. And dread. Strange infinity ending that just seems to last forever and like just shocks you. You know, it's like a Twilight Zone kind of ending. It's not, there's there's a ton of these in all these books. And I think you can't overestimate, I I get that confused. I always am overestimating where I'm underestimating, but there's some kind of (laughs) estimating you can't do if how, how much the Twilight Zone probably influenced these dudes. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I won't take it. Oh, Henry endings soaked in battery acid. Yeah. For two days and nights, you drift in the life raft under hot sun and sharp starlight. At last, a search helicopter spots you. Finally, you are safe. The exploration of Atlantis will have to depend on a new diver. Your eyesight has been damaged by the strange force that immobilized the seeker. Your career as an underwater adventurer is over. Jesus, was that necessary? Too late to change your mind now. And there you are in like a life raft, just blindly reaching to the heavens. Yeah. With your prominent wristwatch. Very, yeah, good good memory. Very prominent wristwatch. Yeah. Rise to the surface and the rescue helicopter comes and it passes by. And you're just kind of waiting. You're just dying out there yeah. in the ocean. You know, total bring down. This book, also like The Cave of Time, has extremely psychedelic psychedelic endings. Like, I don't know if this comes from 2001, but my favorite ending in the the book. I agree, this is the one I love too. Yeah. It's cool. It's over a thousand years of thought travel later, you were called into the main thinking room. You were told that you may now return to Earth life. You have doubts about going back, but you are curious to see what changes have occurred while you were living in Atlantis. What a sight greets you as you circle Earth at an altitude of 1,000 feet. The great cities of the world, New York, London, Paris, and Hong Kong, are overgrown with vegetation. The roads leading into the cities are barely visible, but you see signs of new settlements. There are clusters of buildings spread out in the countryside. You don't see any smokestacks. There are few roads and no cars. The people live a simple life, providing themselves with food, shelter, and clothing. You wish to join them. Maybe that's not the good one I was thinking of. But I mean, the thought travel, there's like this, it's weird, you're traveling in thought yeah, yeah. instead of like, you become this energy and then you- I hardly knew ye. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yep. It's plain nonsense. All of these endings are, they're all fucked up. Yeah. All right, so how about this? It's naturally best that they do not know what happened to them. Instead of like, you're going to become this energy and then you, it's like beyond space. What happened to them? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry if I was too No, long. no, no, no. Okay, page 104. Are we recording right now? Oh, well, this was my favorite. My favorite ending okay. in the whole book. So we'll, we can just say, well, but, but, well, but, but, so we'll, we can just say, well, before we get too sidetracked, I think we uh, both have our favorite ending. We both definitely know which. Yeah, as like, as musicians, as people, like, this is the perfect ending, clearly. Oh, hundred thousand fortunes hidden. This book has a lot of awesome endings. Shit gets really weird in a lot of different ways. You end up going into the, the middle of the planet. This weird, strange magnetic thing. No one has need for a boat down there. You're demolecularized in this weird trip where you're just... If you ask yourself, you know, what is Atlantis? This book gives you no... It does, like, 12 different things. In one, Atlantis is this fascist World yeah. War II kind of dictatorship underwater. Yeah, then there's these guys in flowing robes where it's more like ancient Greece. Spying factions. Yeah, then they're like science fiction aliens. There are aliens. Uh, then there's this thing where you're transforming into beams of light and energy and they're like yeah. these noble gods almost. I mean, never uses like any kind of spiritual terminology at all. That's probably the one thing that is like missing from that. But, like, there's so many different kind of alternative Atlantis. We, we, we almost have no idea how to describe this. No, no. But, yeah, so there's one ending that is, like, the, this is what the Beatles were talking about, right? <laughs> this is what Yellow Submarine is all about. I will take you down beneath the surface. You choose to stay with them. You have the classic choice of becoming an underwater farmer or a musician. Dude, which did you, I chose musician immediately. That wasn't even an option, right? Did you even think about farming? I perversely chose farming. Oh, big, big fucking, fucking mistake. Just to get it out of the way so I could be happy Come with back. my ultimate choice as musician. Hilarious because the underwater farmer again filled with regret. Oh, it's never in. Yeah. You enjoy farming, but you're always worried about what's going to happen. Listen, kids, if you get the choice to farm or become a musician, run from the farm. All that happens there is horse fucking. You you wanna you wanna be 60 years old and horse fucking and have some like some like rich dude from New York making a documentary about you being come. Ah. Get out of town. Get out of town and become a musician. This is what awaits you. Better do what he says. You examine water lutes, sea drums, shark bone flutes, and a wide range of electronic instruments. You choose one of the electronic instruments, but it makes no sound at all. You are told that it plays music that people feel rather than hear. What a world you're living in. Who would believe in music that is not heard? Gradually, you learn to feel the different notes with parts of your body, your thighs, chest, temples, and fingertips. Your interest in this new way of sensing music grows with each day. You master this new art form. You become their greatest musician. Now, doesn't that sound a lot better than oh, being in an underwater? That's a, that's a grand slam ending. And I will return you safely. 
This is what I wanted Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yeah, to be. That's what I was thinking. Yep. This is the Wild Stallions. They should have just read oh this God. instead of like having them play. <laughs> Keanu <laughs> should have taken up the shark bone flute. Oh, put Keanu on shark bone flute. <laughs> and put the other guy on that electronic silent instrument. I love even the choice. Farmer or musician in Atlantis. Great choices. I'd, I'd be happy with either. Listen, right now, your life, Brian Ward, if you could leave your life right now and become either of those things forever, no going back, would you do one of them? I would probably do one of them. I would do either. I would abandon my life. If you're listening, family, friends, I will abandon all of you to be a farmer in Atlantis. Fuck this shit. I fucking want to be an underwater farmer. Are you fucking kidding me? That sounds awesome. Fuck, Fuck it. it. Sounds better with underwater. Farming under the sea is a job that you enjoy. Outside Atlantis, there are fields of sea plants that are worked on just like gardens above the sea. Atlanteans go out each day and harvest the plants, take care of the fields, and chase away the fish that love to nibble on the growing plants. Listen. There's something, there's, there's some subtext here. They're not, like, just like being trapped with, with the horse, you got, you got Atlantean people. You got Atlantean people. You're going to be having underwater sex. You're going to be this cool, exotic, underwater farmer from this different world that everybody's going to want to fuck. You are going to be some hot shit as this underwater Atlantis farmer. Your life is going to be great. You're the new guy in town. The, the new, new guy. school. Oh, my God. In some of these other forms, you'll be energy. You'll just be energy moving back and forth. Yeah. Those are great choices. Now, okay, so speaking of energy, let's get to some of these more like trippy, psychedelic. I assure you that if you don't consume the potion of your own will, I have the means of seeing to it that you do. There's extra emphasis on the more psychedelic, freakier elements of these portions of the story. Some of these trip sequences are multiple pages built up of a couple different sequences. Yeah. You want to go further? Like basically, weirder? how much do you want to turn into just pure energy yeah. and consciousness? Exactly. And you can kind of pull up short of some of like one of these. Yeah. You just wind up pulling up short a little bit. You say to the the Atlantean people who are like giving you the option to transform your entire being into just pure light. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> just fly around and visit different yeah. places in history yeah. throughout thousands of years. And they're like, sure. They're cool with it. That's cool. You get to uh, hang out with these guys in energy form, but you don't completely turn. And then you're like their resident lecturer. Yeah, you become an expert on telling them about <laughs> about your existence on Earth, yeah, right? Yeah, you tell them about your Earth existence, and then what happens? You slowly devolve into what they are anyway. Yeah. And you seem distraught. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. They ask you to give talks about life on Earth as you know it, and you agree. For two years, you meet with the Atlanteans in their energy forms and talk about Earth and how people live and what they do. The Atlanteans are interested in all aspects of Earth life, the technology, politics, wars, and religion. Which are, to Ari Montgomery, all four aspects of Earth life. <laughs> yeah. Technology, politics, wars, and religion. <laughs> in that order. You ask them why, but they never give you a direct answer. That's so sinister. It's like, they're okay, they're gonna invade and kill us all. Uh, then one day you look down at yourself and you only see bright glowing energy. With horror, you realize you have become one of them. The end. Uh, I love it. Right. Here's the deal. I love Atlantis. I, I mentioned this earlier. Nothing in here resembles anything 
that I love about Atlantis. Like, at all. I think that could be a good thing. Not yeah, Not even close. This is not canon. This is not canon. This dude, never. He's gone rogue with the Atlantean legend? Well, I think he never looked into it. What in the world did you do to us? In 1977, was there a lot of Atlantis scholarship to draw on? Dude, yeah, I'm not talking about people searching underwater. No, 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 I'm talking about the occult. 11,000 years ago. Mystics and like masons and people like that, they have like a whole histories of Atlantis, like the secret that maybe we shouldn't do this pie, but, but uh, there's a lot of information out there from like seers and mystics and psychics. The, the most famous one in America, Edgar Casey. You know, the you know Edgar Casey, right? Yeah, the Sleeping yeah. Prophet. He gave after hundreds of thousands of years tons of talks about past life regressions of people. You know, and they would he would talk about their lives in Atlantis and what they were like and what the people were doing and stuff. And wow, 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 wow. none of that at all <laughs> like resembles anything. And so it did. Okay. I mean, what's crazy here is the whole literature that I'm familiar with and like people with like psychic experiences of Atlantis and past life regression. It has to do with this like ancient religion, right? You're talking about once located in the Atlantic Ocean, the Bible before the flood. You know what I mean? You're like Noah and before. And it's like this very mystical civilization. Thousands upon thousands of years ago. Most of the time when you hear it, like in popular like stories about Atlantis, they just know the word Atlantis. They probably even haven't read the Plato account. It's like synonymous with Aquarius. Right. You know, it yeah, just evokes this. Because of the word Atlantic Ocean. Last home of mighty Atlantis. Underwater. And they know it's underwater. Yeah. Aliens, right? They go always go to freaking aliens. And that's where this goes, aliens. To me, these kind of accounts of this kind of fantasy to me just show that like a poverty of spirituality. This dude, there isn't even one, even just as fiction, religious reference to like anything mystical or religious, right? This dude just lives in a world of pure science and materialism, R.A. Montgomery. Like, and there isn't even, I mean, he's talking about something that is all the information that you could possibly research on this is occult and magic and like beautiful, right? And he has none of that in there. It's like none of it. It's all just spaceships or they're like a more advanced technology or they're a very ancient, like, caveman-type people living under the water. Ancient Greek uh, stone walls they've built in the volcano. Sure, There's where no... these old men have forgotten all of their pathetic technology. Right. Pumping water. But... But what about you? There's this almost like this unconscious force because I feel like Atlantis wants to be found and it's, it's crying out crying from the stories out from this in, in between. And which disappear beneath the surface of the Atlantic. Yeah, so this dude... R.A. Montgomery is channeling something in this book, even though he doesn't know. I don't know if he doesn't know, or I kind of feel like it's in spite of itself. Right. Atlantis wanted little kids in the 80s to know about her. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it would not be silenced. So I think some of the pure light energy stuff that yeah. he like kind of is talking about here, even though to him it's just like, I'm getting freaky with science. I think he was trying to like help people touch into like a little bit of their higher selves. <laughs> And I definitely think it has the most weight of the overall endings. You right. Know, it definitely feels like the most conclusive. Treasures of every sort. And actually, uh, in these series of books, never really get to that point where you have definitiveness. Yeah. That's obviously the proper conclusion over giving up yeah. and being thrown in a dungeon. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be the spiritual, emotional core of this whole journey. This whole journey, which is funny because it starts off just this this guy with, for all <laughs> intensive purposes, not much of a plan. For him to end up 
not only does he go to the center of the earth, he becomes a being of pure light. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Atlantis is like this cultural touchstone, right? You're, you're looking for this lost thing. You, you want it to be amazing. You know what yeah, I mean? You don't yeah. want to just get down there and it's like, ah, oh, here's some people kind of trapped mm-hmm. and they kind of suck and they speak like this bad version of ancient Greek. You'd be, you'd be, you know. It's like if Indiana Jones and in Raiders of the Lost Ark didn't find it and they were just dicking around in the desert and they're, you know what I mean? You just, you just, this is thing you wanted to like destroy all the Nazis, like the, you know, spirit of God, even if you don't believe in it, it just makes it a better story, right? Yeah, only so much camel spitting. Uh, I advise you not to do this. These kids get a -a tilt-a-whirl. They somehow go into space and they find this alien ship. They get on board. Something unusual has happened. And it's a pretty good movie up until then the end, it turns out the alien is just this thing that's watched American television. So this alien is just this obnoxious being that just regurgitates our culture. So it's like this ultimate sucky ending. Yeah. Horrible disappointment. Easy, man. Take it easy. An ending of such little substance invalidates everything. I totally agree. Like, if you, let's say you write like a, like a ghost story of some kind, mm-hmm. and then in the end there's like some kind of Scooby-Doo ending where it's like, oh, it wasn't really a ghost. It was the owner of the yeah, theme I, park. I just feel like, alright, well, this was a work of fiction going in, why don't you just give me a freaking ghost and be okay with just making it this fictional ghost? It doesn't mean you have to actually believe in ghosts. And I feel like just especially like 20th century fiction, whether it's Mm -hmm. like TV or movies or, you know, writing, it's like written by these hardcore materialists who just really want to prove how sciencey they are. You know, I don't believe in anything weird. You know what I mean? So like their fiction suffers from that. And R.A. Montgomery is like such a Oh, his fiction suffers so hard from his just extremely boring, <gasps> pure technological, like American 20th century, we won World War II materialism, you know? All beneath the sea. This is how the machines work. The story. Yeah, but despite that spirit, his soul-crushing spirit, Atlantis shines through. I don't know if this was a small part of whatever hippie dream he had. Yeah. His idealism reached its logical conclusion. The last glimmer of his idealism was like in this book before it got crushed by his work a day. <laughs> Love of, I don't know, the, the cash cow and that Choose Your Own Adventure became. It might have been a little bit of brain fever. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Well said. Do you mean that you're actually a creature from the bottom of the sea? Moral. Let a dolphin love you, or a grouper will murder you. Hundreds of thousands of centuries. Direct quote. So true. Did that piss you off that every time you made contact with the Atlanteans, they would threaten you with never being able to leave? Did you have a problem with that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, they've been secret for so long. That has to be part of the story, right? What would you do if you discovered Atlantis? Would you would you blow their cover? Would you come back for just, like, the book deal? Or would you, like, keep their secret? I think I'd keep their secret. Do you ride the woolly mammoth? Ride, 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 ride. Oh, never end. Hundreds of thousands of centuries. You've been vindicated. Like the whole world loves the shags My now. God. I mean, you were you were a pioneer. Are we going? Oh yeah, we're going back to this. Holy shit! What a fucking tangent. My God. Wow. You mean that you're 
actually a creature from the bottom of the sea? Oh my Tom. God! Aren't they like eighty years old? Well, Tom Cruise. So I was in the of all people bought the rights to the Shags story to develop it as a movie. That's crazy. Will he play the Shags? I would have hoped so. I hope he plays all three of them. He just puts on a wig, a Shags wig, <laughs> plays every single member of the Shags. John Travolta. He's pretty oh, short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, somebody Scientology. Is there another? Back. Be Scientology's last Hail Mary at relevance. The Shags like movie? The Shags movie. Sweeping the nation. Yeah. Well, finally, that was my day ago. After these 11,000 years. There's so many instances in this book where you're going down a path, and one of the choices is to stop or to go back. Do you ride the woolly mammoth? No, you will not dive down toward the center of the earth. I like that sentence right there. Yeah. Right, right, right. They said there's good and bad people here. You get the laser cannon and fire that up and then hit the talk show circuit. Yeah, if they're if they're like this all-powerful underwater cult, then I just do whatever they I feel like they're maybe all wise somehow. And you have existed here all this time. If they don't want to be found, there's a reason for it, so I'm just gonna keep it a secret. But if they're like this really fragile culture, mm -hmm. it's just like then I'm definitely not revealing it. No, but if they're like, we've been waiting for you, you're going to spread our message. Or maybe they don't know that non-underwater exists. Yeah, that's something. That's they never covered that possibility. No, they, they were didn't. Like, we, wow, we've heard legends of... Of this turtleneck yeah. Voyager. This is amazing. Tell us of your culture. You do kind of like a foreign exchange student thing. Yeah. You bring like an Atlantean back. Our existence is threatened. What do you mean? Well, we're writing this book for Ari Montgomery. <laughs> no, I'm beginning to understand. I think all in all, this definitely was a lot better than his reputation in my mind led me to believe it well, was going to be. Treasure it. Savor it. This is the treasure room of Atlantis. Because it's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> oh, and no. Book four, which is a fucking shit show. Well, I have good feelings about book three. When you return to the topic above, I've shown you the explanation of what has been happening. So as we continue to float around here underwater in our little submarine with our, our book. Hey. Listen, thanks for listening to the Reading Roulette podcast. That'll do it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the world's only choose-your-own-adventure literary podcast. Coming up, we'll have By Balloon to the Sahara by D. Terman, who only wrote By Balloon to the Sahara. Choose Your Adventure number three. Number three. Excited to do it. It's time we refresh ourselves and time you were preparing for your... When someone asks you, do you ride the woolly mammoth? You, you say, say, let's make this whole podcast about horse fucking. <laughs>